Good morning from Sydney. I am WIA Director Peter, VK8ZZ. As this broadcast goes to air, we are all actively involved at the 2019 Sydney Amateur Radio Convention, celebrating 100 years since the Waverley Amateur Radio Society was established. Last Friday night saw the official celebrations by the Waverley Club at the Sydney Town Hall. This year's Amateur Radio Convention was organised by the Waverley Amateur Radio Society and the Waverley Amateur Radio Society Organising Committee and AR New South Wales. So a big congratulations for a job well done. Yesterday, Saturday, was the annual general meeting of the Wireless Institute of Australia. That was followed by a number of forums and technical sessions. It was difficult to choose between the events on the day. This AGM sees the end of the term for President Justin Giles Clark, VK7TW. Justin has been an extremely hard worker and an active member of the WIA board. Justin did not re-nominate for a board position and he will be sadly missed. We all wish Justin well for the future and look forward to his continued participation as a volunteer with the WIA. The new WIA president will be elected today at a WIA board meeting. The next annual conference and AGM will be held in Hobart in 2020. Registrations will open soon. I'm often contacted by members saying that the WIA should do this or complaining that they are not doing something else. In an article in the current AR magazine by Ted Thrift, VK2XA, it hits the mark. Ted says in his article that one of the greatest dislikes includes that people having a whine about something that has or has not happened and lay the blame on the WIA. There is no WIA. It is a collective group of people who put substance into amateur radio in Australia. That was well said, Ted. Uh, Ted Thrift is a past director of the WIA and was a volunteer WIA assessor for many years. He is definitely in touch with the WIA as he has been the club's coordinator for a number of years. So if you, as a member of the WIA, think that the Institute should be doing something that it is not, then stand up and be counted. Put a proposal together and offer to run it. That's what volunteers do. If you think that the management or committees are not up to scratch, then put your hand up to nominate as a director or as a member of that committee. That's what I did and why I am here now. I also am often asked what members get for their membership fees. Well, the WIA is the peak body for amateur radio in Australia. We hold the same position as the RSGB does in Great Britain or the ARRL in the USA. The WIA is recognised internationally as such. So amongst other things, we as members get representation both domestically and internationally for our beloved hobby. Those amateurs that are not financial members of the WIA or have chosen to support other splinter groups are, in my opinion, freeloaders, reaping the benefits of the representation made for and on behalf of all amateurs by the Wireless Institute of Australia. Member subscriptions help this representation and members should be very proud of that. Today the Sydney conference continues at AR New South Wales' Dural site. I for one am keen to be part of this field day today and look forward to meeting as many members as possible up at Durable. This has been Peter, VK8ZZ. We continue news from the WIA with a reminder that VK2WI News will have a live report of the WIA AGM at the end of today's VK1WIA News. 
for those who can receive one or more of the VK2WIHF frequencies, the segment will be at about 10.27 Eastern, right after this broadcast. And for those who have reception difficulties, VK2WI News will also stream live from arnsw.org.au forward slash audio. The segment will be recorded and available later on the website at arnsw.org.au forward slash audio. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, from the Spectrum Strategy Committee. Last month, the Australian Communications and Media Authority, the ACMA, released a document setting out the work that it plans to do in spectrum management from now through to 2023. Called the Five-Year Spectrum Outlook 2019-23, the 71-page document is what the authority calls a consultation draft. That is, they called for all interested stakeholders to comment on all aspects of interest to them. Naturally, that includes the WIA, on behalf of members and the radio amateur community in general, both licensed amateurs and prospective licensees. During the next year or so, the ACMA intends to work on reform of the amateur licence conditions, progressing access to the long-awaited 60-metre band allocated to amateurs on a secondary basis at the 2015 World Radio Conference, and furthering availability of amateur qualifications, amongst other things. The WIA has submitted a detailed response to the ACMA's draft work plan, covering all key topics of interest to the Australian amateur radio community, which include reviewing amateur licensing in the context of the single licensing system being brought in with the new Radio Communications Act, yet to be considered by the Federal Parliament. Consultation on proposed amateur licence conditions, which were submitted by the WIA in 2018, following a survey of the Australian radio amateur community. Advancing access to the 5.3 MHz or 60 metre band allocation. After talks with the Defence Department, the WIA has submitted a proposal to provide some limited access that avoids or mitigates interference to incumbent services. Amateur licence tenure and fees framework, based on models used in other countries where amateurs have low fees and long licence tenure. The WIA has told the ACMA it is concerning that amateur licensing issues are being considered when the foreshadowed new Radio Communications Act is not in place and there is little or no indication about how the new Act will deal with delegations, regulations and codes of practice. Accordingly, the WIA reiterated that the radio amateur community requires individual licences bearing a unique call sign, certainty of licence tenure, an equitable framework of transaction costs, that is, fees, certain and continuing access to frequency bands throughout the radio frequency spectrum, and continued participation and representation in spectrum management processes. For those interested in the 70 meg band, the Institute has put forward a proposal to enable conducting experiments through the use of scientific licences obtained by the Institute, which then authorises individual amateurs to conduct experiments. In the proposal on licence conditions submitted to the ACMA in 2018, the WIA suggested an allocation at 70 to 70.5 MHz, which is congruent with allocations in Region 1. There is a precedent. 
Before the 470 kilohertz band was allocated, transmission and propagation experiments were conducted by local amateurs under experimental licensing held by the WIA. Check out the WIA's response to the ACMA's latest work plan on Wire News on the website. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH for VK1WIA News. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1WIA. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, RAC, NZART, Amateur Radio Newsline and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. ITU News. The ITU Working Party 5A1 completes draft new report on WRC 19 Agenda Item 1.1. They completed work on the sharing and compatibility studies required for WRC 19 Agenda Item 1.1 during the meeting of WP5A that concluded on May the 9th. The report, which began as a nine-page document in 2016, grew to 158 pages, developed from 60 input contributions over a three-year period. Working Group 5A1, responsible for amateur matters, is chaired by WIA's Dale Hughes, VK1 Delta Sierra Hotel. Agenda Item 1.1 calls on the ITU to study amateur service spectrum needs in Region 1 in the 50 to 54 MHz band, taking into account the results of sharing studies between the amateur service and other services using the band to ensure protection of these services. The report describes work undertaken to prepare for Agenda Item 1.1 of World Radio Communications Conference 2019 and the Associated Conference Preparatory Meeting, which address the technical background for WRC. National administrations will use the draft new report and the CPM report to prepare proposals for WRC 19 later this year. WRC 19 will only consider proposals actually offered by administrations or RTOs. No impact on amateur radio allocations in Region 2 and 3 is anticipated. WRC 19 takes place October 28th to November 22nd in Egypt. To the United Kingdom now, the BBC extends 5G broadcast radio trial. The Orkney Islands were selected for the BBC's broadcast radio and broadband access trial because the region has poor digital radio coverage and limited fixed and mobile broadband connectivity. The trial was launched in February in Stronsay, Orkney, making residents there among the first in the world to receive live radio broadcasts over 5G. You can check out their link at 5g.co.uk slash news. AGMs are in the air. 88th IRTS AGM hosted by SEARG. The Southeastern Amateur Radio Group, Echo India 2, Whiskey Romeo Charlie, will be hosting the 88th Annual Irish Radio Transmitters Society AGM over the weekend of the 18th and 19th of April 2020 in Carlo. Any VK hams intending on an overseas jaunt, might we suggest you check out the webpage for this huge 88th event, best read on wia.org.au. This will be EI2WRC's second time to host the event and they look forward to welcoming everyone, Ireland and beyond, to Carlo. Their website is searg.ie. To the United States, Colorado School learns reality of radio rescue. This story reminds us that school shootings in the USA have sadly become a common reality. 
but so too has the fact that radio can make a difference even in the face of such horror. With this report, here is Amateur Radio Newsline's Mike Askins, KE5CXP. Administrators at one high school outside Denver, Colorado, are true believers in what amateur radio operators have known for years. Radio helps save lives. The school is the STEM School Highlands Ranch, where on Tuesday, May 7, two students with guns killed one teenager and injured eight other people. It was radio, however, that was credited with getting quick police response. Douglas County Sheriff Tony Spurlock said in a recent NBC News report that the school's use of their on-premises police radio got word out about the active shooter situation immediately. That frantic message was, in effect, a broadcast to local law enforcement. The fact that one of the suspects was in custody within minutes was attributed by experts to a healthy two-way radio link from the campus to the police. Curtis Lavareo of the School Safety Advocacy Council told NBC that fewer than 10% of school agencies have such radio links. He said providing them is as easy as adding police channels to existing radios a school may have or giving the schools unused police radios. Whether it's cyclones ravishing Asia or hurricanes trouncing the U.S. Atlantic coast or nightmare situations in schools, radio remains the wireless lifeline for us all. Ask any ham. For WIA National News, in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Are you an amateur radio user or user? Whether it be the WIA, your local club, show your support in a tangible way. Support the providers you utilise. Ham Radio Operational News. It's Contact Sport. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. All major Australian contest rules and results are on contest section of the WIA website. 2019 IAAUHF HF World Championship 13-14 July RSGB IOTA Contest July 27-28 Trans-Tasman Low Bend Contest July 20 VK Remembrance Day Contest is August 17-18 CQ Magazine has announced the induction of one individual and one group to the CQ DX Hall of Fame which honours those DXs who not only excel in personal performance but also give back to the hobby in outstanding ways. CQ DX editor Bob Schneck, N2OO, presented Hall of Fame plaques at an induction ceremony held at the annual Dayton DX dinner on May 17th. The 2019 inductees to the CQ DX Hall of Fame are Joe Taylor, K1JT, Nobel Prize winning astrophysicist who has revolutionised the face of the Xing with a suite of WSJT weak signal digital modes, including FT8, which is capable of decoding signals well below the noise level. K1JT shared the 1993 Nobel Prize in Physics for the discovery of binary pulsars. Silvano Borsa, I2YSB, and the Italian de-expedition team. The Italian de-expedition team has made more than 20 major de-expeditions in the past 20 years, mostly to Africa, where its members have activated more than a dozen rare countries, making nearly 1.4 million QSOs along the way. In addition, the team has arranged for the donation and delivery of two ambulances from Italy to Somalia, one of the many countries it has activated. Extended two-metre coverage in New South Wales' south coast, Snowy Mountains and northern Victoria regions. A new two-metre repeater, VK3RDH, is now operational on 146.625 MHz minus 600 kHz no turn. 
in North Victoria. The repeater, located on Mount Delegate, is just over the border with New South Wales. Early signal reports are said to be very favourable, and so far received from Sale, Bensdale, and North Eastern Tasmania, amongst others. This 146.65 repeater is linked to the VK2 RSC 147.375 MHz plus 600, no turn, located at Mount Roberts, near Breadbow, and VK2 RFS 146.750 MHz minus 600 kHz, no turn, located at Mangbala Mountain on the far south coast of New South Wales, near Bermagai. With these three repeaters linked, two metre access is now provided from south of the Batemans Bay, New South Wales area, along the coast down to Eden, into the Monaro Plains, and the Snowy Mountains areas between Breadbow, and for those not familiar with the region, it is Breadbow, with a B, then Jindabyne, as well as up to the New South Wales main range ski areas and west to Adam Abbey. This addition of VK3 radiation now extends that coverage into northern Victoria and surrounding areas. VK2FJCM Angelo Jehulfre says that the Snowy Mountains Amateur Radio Group would really appreciate signal reports and testing from amateurs in northern Victorian areas and I welcome you to join on their weekly 2 metre net VK2SNO every Saturday at 19.30 hours. They rebroadcast the WA National News every Sunday night at 1800 hours. The club appreciates the work conducted by Peter VK2DIE and Ditch VK2DIG over the course of the last couple of years to make the facilities and coverage possible. Juha, OH5CW and OH5C Group are active as OGOC from Koka in the Elland Islands, IOTA reference EU002 until Tuesday the 28th of May. CW, SSB, FT8, FT4 and MSK144 on the 162 metre bands. QSL via the Bureau or direct to OH5CW. Thomas, F4HPX will be active holiday style as FR-F4HPX from Reunion Island until the 5th of June. He will operate mainly SSB and FT8 on 40, 20 and 15 metres. Waldy, SP790X will be active as LA-SP790X from Stormola, Lofferton Islands, EU076, until the 29th of May. He will operate SSB and FT8 on the 40 to 10 metre bands. QSL Director Home Call or via Logbook of the World. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. It's time now to check out what's happening in Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Hello, I'm Cole, VK3GTV, and it's Ladies First, Females in Radio, Ham Radio Operator Sports, Hair Tanner. The Xenia Daily Gazette reports on the Hair Tanner worn by Kristen, KB3OQV at Hamvention. The 27-year-old is known around Dayton, Hamvention, as Antenna Hair Girl. It's a bit like this. Visualise Marge Simpson with bleached blonde hair and an antenna stuck down in the middle of the gel-laden quaff and you're getting close. Kristen does her hair up every year for the event, saying that she was inspired after seeing a man dressed as Cat in the Hat at Hara Arena and felt that she just had to do something different. 
Well, she certainly achieved that. Using a whole tube of hair gel each day, Kristen carefully styles her hair straight up to cover the bottom part of the antenna, with the rest of the antenna adorned with her call sign, KB3OQV, and some purplish lights. Worldwide special interest groups, 50 and up. No, I'm not talking about senior hams. It's about 50 MHz 6 meters activity needed on the 13th of June 2019. This year, the ITU World Radio Communication Conference, WRC19, starts on the 28th of October and will last for four weeks. An important agenda item for the amateur service is for the RWC to consider the consolidation and extension of 50 MHz in Region 1, being Europe, Africa, Middle East and Asiatic Russia. One of the National Telecom's administrations, which are actively supporting the proposal, is the Czech Republic. Unfortunately, some other administrations are actively opposed. To gather solid evidence of the high level of amateur activity on the band, and at the same time to demonstrate that amateurs can coexist with other band users, including the military, IARU is supporting a monitoring trial on Thursday the 13th of June from 0730 to 0900 UTC and again at 1100 to 1230 UTC. Government and professional users will be monitoring and some will also be transmitting, so it's important that hams make a good showing. And remember, by the way, that if you do hear any non-amateur stations, you must make sure that you do not cause them any interference. Full details can be found on the IARU Region 1 website. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, ILLW. ILLW reaches 200. The 200th registration for this year's International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend is from Latvia, which is a rare country for the event and a new lighthouse as well. Uzava Lighthouse, originally established in 1879, is located on the Latvian coast on the Baltic Sea. The lighthouse stands in an isolated location on a 28-metre-high sand dune which is permanently threatened by wave action from the Baltic Sea. This highly popular event, now in its 22nd year, takes place on the 17th and 18th of August and has over 500 entries expected. It's a fun weekend with many entrants returning year after year, with some having taken part every year since 1998. All the details and registration forms are on the ILLW website. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Radio Amity Young Timers, Ham Radio Kids Day. IARU Region 1 report this year's second Kids Day will be held on June the 15th. This event is especially created to promote amateur radio to youth. This is a moment where you can share your amateur radio hobby with your family, grandkids, friends, scouts or even to the general public. This day can be the first time for youth to experience a real radio QSO, and hopefully they get interested in becoming a licensed amateur radio operator. You could make use of this suggested exchange of name, age, location and favourite colour. Be sure to work the same station again if an operator has changed. To draw attention, call CQ Kids Day. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Rescue Radio. Radio amateurs demonstrate emergency messaging capabilities for Red Cross and FEMA. Just days ahead of the 2019 hurricane season, dozens of hams along the U.S. East Coast demonstrated amateur radio's ability to deliver messages without commercial power, infrastructure, or permanently established stations for officials of the American Red Cross and the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA. Last Thursday's event took place in coordination with ARRL during a joint meeting with Red Cross and FEMA officials in Baltimore. 
The demonstration was a mock response to a simulated disaster scenario, a major hurricane striking the east coast with mass casualties. Amateur radio operators at portable stations from New England to the Carolinas delivered messages to W1AW, which then coordinated and delivered the information to officials attending a joint FEMA Red Cross meeting in Baltimore. As I go this week, we'll hear from Ed Durant, Amateur Radio Newsline reporter. I'm Cole, VK3GTV, saying farewell from sunny Bendigo, as Ed brings you the story on a SOTA activation on Mount Etna. It seems that Mount Etna was particularly active recently, but not to worry, there was no lava involved at this volcanic site. A trio of hams had only a short time on the summit, but this summit happened to be Mount Etna, site of an active volcano on the east coast of Sicily, so they made the most of their time. Pepe, I1WKN, and his friends Ricardo, IZ1GDB, and Fabrizio, IZ1DNQ, hiked up with all their gear on the 12th of May, but did not go to the very top. Ed Girat, DD5LP, explains. Pepe told Newsland that inclement weather and the park rules at this UNESCO World Heritage Site only permitted them a short time for their activation. They set up a distance of 20 metres below the top on the southwest border of the crater and operated between the rocks for protection against the winds. According to Ricardo, wind speeds reached as much as 80 or 90 kilometres per hour or more than 50 miles per hour. The team managed to have a few QSOs on 40 metres and 20 metres, contacting Italian operators and hams elsewhere in Europe, including Spain and the Czech Republic. Beppi told Newsline he hoped to return to Etna, but he plans to wait for better weather and warmer temperatures. Locally produced, nationally voiced, globally heard. We are VK1WIA. On the social scene, only one of note. It happens this weekend. It's happening right now in Sydney and right now at Dural. But it is the 2019 WIA annual conference in Sydney, all weekend long. Now this is the end of national news and for those listening to VK2WI, please stand by as we cross for a live report on the final day of the WIA AGM weekend from some of the delegates at Dural this morning. I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.